This podcast is about introducing our fans to the animals, plants, and other products that we work with at Josh's Frogs. It's an opportunity to paint a picture of our hobby that is refreshing. We want you guys to be successful with the animals that you're keeping, and we want our hobby to grow ethically and sustainably into the future. Hello, my name is Josh, and I'm here with the Josh's Frogs podcast, and today I have Lori. We're going to talk about cave geckos, but before we do that, I just want to let you know that the Josh's Frogs podcast is brought to you by Josh's Frogs. We're your one-stop shop for everything you need for your reptile, amphibian, um, and pet bug uh, enclosure. So we do everything from the animals. We breed them right here on site. We only sell captive bred animals. Uh, and then we carry all the supplies you need to take care of those animals. We grow the plants here. We culture the bugs here too. Um, so we can have everything to you all in one box. Uh, we also want to take care of you. So we have customer service agents available uh, to answer your questions. Um, and then we also do a bunch of videos and blogs and how-to articles. We want to make keeping these animals easy. Uh, so please check us out, joshesfrogs.com, with our 72-hour uh, live arrival guarantee on all our insects and then our seven-day health guarantee on all of our animals. Uh, we just want you to, to, to make keeping uh, the pets you love really easy. Uh, so that's what we do. So. Without further ado, welcome, Lori. Uh, I know you've been on the podcast before, but remind yes. us again uh, what you do here at Josh's Frogs and how you got uh, how you get uh, part of our team. Yeah, um, if you didn't see my previous one uh, we did with Crested Geckos, I am the New Caledonian Specialist. I work with all new cows that we have here, such as Crested Scargs, Chihuahuas, Leeches, Chameleon Geckos. Um, and yeah, it's just part of what I do here. I, I breed them, I take care of them, and uh, provide the best health for them. It's super fun working with these animals. Um, I've been here for, gosh, like two and a half years. Okay, all right. I want to say cool. coming up in April cool. will be my official three years here. Oh, wow. So it's longer <laughs> than two and a half. We're only a couple months away from that. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Now, for anybody who who doesn't know what taking care of animals looks like, what, what does a, a week look like? What are the kinds of tasks that you're doing? That kind of stuff. What does yeah, like? so we follow this fancy little program called Asana. It helps us <laughs> stay organized. Uh, especially for people like me who are very scatterbrained. <laughs> um, it helps out a lot. Uh, it, you know, we come in, we clock in, and the first thing I do is I check my asana and see what I have to do for the day. Each day varies, but most of the time it's going to be animal care, such as cleaning out enclosures, uh, watering and feeding them, doing an overall health check, making sure everyone's getting along and everyone's healthy. Um, and then from then on, we also uh, take care of babies mm -hmm. and I check shipping to see, um, you know, who's going out today yep. or throughout the week. And then I can pack them and send them down and hopefully they end up in your homes. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So you, you cover the whole entire life cycle of the things inside your room. So you're, yes. you're taking care of the adults, you're taking care of the babies, you're taking care of the eggs um, in that regard. So yep. That's cool. So everything that comes out of that room has Lori's handprints all over it. Yep. <laughs> cool. So we're going to talk about cave geckos. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of just give us an overview? Like, what is a cave gecko? Um, yeah. Describe it a little bit to us. What's a cave gecko? So I have this awesome stack of geckos here. Um, as far as I'm aware, there are 12 different species of cave geckos. They all fall under the Ganiosaurus category. Um, the most common one you see in the trade is the Haniensis. They're from the Hainan Islands. Um, and that's mostly what we work with right now, but 
these guys are really, really cool. Um, you can see they're very dark. They look very, very similar to leopard geckos. Yeah, the body. A lot of people make similar. that connection, and I, I promise you, they're not leopard geckos. <laughs> Their care is different. Um, but I always say they're kind of like, I don't know, like the leopard geckos arch nemesis kind of looking. Mm -hmm. They got these deep red eyes. They're really dark. They got these bright yellow bands, and they're spotted too. And they're really, really cool looking. And size wise, that's that's full grown. Yep, this is a full grown adult female. Cool. that i have here with me cool. yeah they are awesome creatures so a lot of people will look at them and be like oh yeah it kind of looks like a leopard gecko mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about how they're different than uh, yes. leopard geckos so leopard geckos are arid uh dwelling species uh these guys are more tropical um part of their name cave gecko is a lot of their locations in the wild they're found near like the openings of caves on the edge of riverbanks they really like being in like wet, rocky crevices and such. So leopard geckos, you wouldn't really find them like that. They're going to, you know, be out like in their little arid areas and their little microclimates. And they definitely want it much hotter, much warmer, much drier than cave geckos. Cool. Cool. Now yeah. you talked about the six different varieties. Yeah. Like what are the six that we're working with? Where are they found and how are they a little bit different? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, our first one. And the one that we have available almost all the time on our website is the Haniensis, also known as the Chinese cave gecko. Um, like I said, this one here is an adult female. They're really cool. Um, and we also have some rarer species that aren't very common. Uh, we somehow stumbled upon having a female Kuroiwe, also known as the Takashiki ground gecko, which again is another cave gecko. Um, they look very similar to the Yamashine, but they're not. Uh, their eye color is different, their body shape's a little different, and even the patterning and scalation on their body. Um, I'm hoping that we can find more of these guys so we can have them available in the future. But for now, we just have two lovely ladies waiting for their suitor <laughs> to magically come into Josh's frogs one day. <laughs> Hard to produce many of them with two females. Yes. And this little guy who made a mess in his cup, this is one of my favorite species. This is the Orientalis, known as the Japanese cave gecko. Um, they're almost like pinkish orange, and I just love that about them. And this isn't a, a full-grown adult male. They're very small species. Um, I just, I sorry, I just got distracted. You're so pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very pretty. Uh, yeah. Definitely a much brighter uh, animal than oh, yeah. some of the other ones. I'm also waiting to find a lovely lady for him um, in the future. We thought we had a pair, but it turns out as they grew up and got older, we ended up having two boys. Uh, <laughs> Again. Okay, hard, hard to produce yeah. that with two boys. <laughs> yes. And I also have the Yamashine, also known as the Kume cave gecko. Uh, these guys look pretty similar to uh, the Kuroiwe, like I mentioned, but you notice that their banding is more bold and bright, and their eyes are actually like this subtle brown color instead of them being like this deep amber red. Red, yeah. And these guys I have been working on um, possibly sometime this year, if not maybe early next year, I'll be able to actually have some available for us. Oh, that's cool. I've been producing quite a lot of them, and I've been hanging on to them um so that way i can like kind of rebuild our population up here yep so we can get them on par with our honey which that's is cool. really awesome that's really cool yeah 
And these guys are also super unique as well. So this guy here, he is what they call, um, what, which one are you again? Oh yeah, the Vietnamese leopard gecko. He's not a leopard gecko. <laughs> I'm not sure why they call him that. Um, but these guys are the uh, Arianus. They're really cool, kind of spindly, got really long limbs. They also are found mostly on like limestone crags and such, which is oh, why their legs are so long, so they can like cling to it really. They're well. long too. I mean, yeah, they're quite a bit bigger than the other yeah. ones. Yeah, that's cool. And lastly, there is also these guys, which is the uh, Chinese tiger geckos. Which again, <laughs> so many fun names. Yeah. Huh? Uh, they look very similar to the Arianus as well. Um, their color is a little bit different. They're also spindly. And then again, this is also an adult female. Um, she's been doing really well. She wasn't in the best health when we got her, but I've nursed her back and I'm really proud of her. She's doing amazing. So Really pretty big yeah, animals. They are. Yeah. And again, they're also found in limestone crags and such as well. Oh, that's cool. Now, tell me a little bit about care. Like, how are we setting them up here at Josh's Frogs? How do we recommend that people keep them? So, I'm going to talk about the Haniensis because that's what we have available. Mm -hmm. um, so, we keep them on, like, tropical uh, bedding, such as, like, ABG, uh -huh. a lot of things like that. Something that's really going to retain and hold moisture well. Um, these geckos really, really like it humid. They don't want it sopping wet, but um, typically anywhere between like 80 to like almost 90% humidity is, ambiently actually mm. is what they really prefer. Wow. Quite a bit yeah. different than what leopard geckos yes, are. Yes. Yeah. They, they're pretty hardy. They could tolerate a little bit of a drought, but I would not recommend letting them get too dry for too long. Cool. Um they can get dehydrated then. Now, yeah. <laughs> really high humidity. How, yeah. how hot are we keeping them? Are they um, not necessarily as hot as leopard geckos? How, right. how are we providing heat for them? So these guys, um, they typically bounce around like mid-70s. Okay. Um, if you provide a basking area, it's not a bad idea to like maybe try to reach for like maybe 80 degrees, 80, 85 um, as long as they have a gradient to be able to thermoregulate, because they're not going to want to be under that heat all the time. Yep. They do prefer the cooler temps. Cool, cool. Yeah. Now, and when it comes to other geckos that are climbing a lot, leopard geckos are on the ground a lot. Mm -hmm. Where do these guys land as far as their ability to climb? These guys are really fun um, because I love setting up their cages. I take bunches of like cork and rock, and I like adjust it in a way to make like little mini cave systems mm. for them and they love it. So like you can provide some, you know, branches that are a little bit higher up and they probably will climb on them for sure, especially when they're out at night and exploring. But most of the time they're going to spend 90% of their lifetime, like hiding in those caves and such. And oh, uh, cool. yeah. And I orient plants that, um, you know, kind of foliage over them as well. So they can feel secure going underneath the plants and coming out and hunting. Cool. Cool. Now you talked about yeah. males and females. Mm -hmm. how, do, how can you tell if it's a male? How can you tell if it's a female? What are the, the dead giveaways? Yes. So the males will actually have what is called the hemipenal bulges. And this guy here, he kind of has it. You can see it from the top down a little bit at the base of the tail. Um, females will not have that. 
only males will have that and um you can usually tell around like the five to six months okay like area if you have babies and you're like waiting to be able to sex them cool so now talk about a little bit about breeding Mm -hmm. how do you set them up for breeding like what age do you want to to start uh, breeding them and then like yeah. how do you how do you get them in, get them in the mood to start producing a uh, baby <laughs> um well i play some soft music for them <laughs> and i put some candles out <laughs> there you go there you go set the mood set the mood <laughs> no um when it comes to breeding um from what we found like research wise like we did a deep dive on this yeah um and from everywhere we found from sources say that like roughly around two to two and a half years um, before breeding them. Cool. Uh, that way they have time for their bodies to catch up and mature. Yeah. Um, pairing geckos too soon can cause like eggs to, you know, die off and such because their bodies yep. aren't, you know, mature enough yet to handle yep. this. And yep. sometimes your animals can even get egg bound and, mm. you know, Sometimes they might survive and they might not. And yep. so we would rather, you know, avoid that yeah. <laughs> problem. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Now, yeah. you you need males and females to yes. breed. Are you keeping the males and females together when they're not breeding? How are, you, how are, you, how are we handling that? So um, what we do is we usually have one male to two females. And we don't keep the males with them all the time. Gotcha. Um, they are animals that we do like a very light brumation on mm-hmm. um so we'll separate them out for like four or five months and then after that four or five months we'll put them back for about you know maybe two or three months and then just keep repeating that cycle gotcha. Gotcha. Um, it allows the females to be able to take a break and not be constantly like mm-hmm. you know harassed and stressed out to death with the male trying to overbreed yep Doing that, um, there's, you know, your females will get chewed up. You can see they've got yeah. little scars on them and they drop their tails often. And that takes a lot of energy away from them, too. Cool. So now when they're laying eggs, are they mm-hmm. burying the eggs? Or are they putting them in the crevices? What are they doing with their eggs? Oh, yeah, they bury their eggs. Um, they're about maybe about the size of like those uh, like gobstoppers, I would okay. say, like the candy gobstoppers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're very similar to crested gecko eggs. They they have almost like a leathery shell to them. They have like a lot of gift to them. So they're not a hard shelled egg. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And how many eggs will a female lay at a given time? Usually two. Okay. And yeah. then what are we, are we leaving the eggs in the substrate? Are we taking them out to incubate them? How do we handle the eggs? So we take the eggs out. Um, Usually a day, what that would look like is we would get a container, we take and put the animals in there, we take all of their tank decor out <laughs> and very carefully dig through the dirt so that way we don't you know, accidentally squish an egg or something. Yeah. We collect the eggs and then we have these little deli cups that we set up with perlite and we uh, candle the eggs first to see if we could see which orientation the embryo is facing and we want that to be facing up. Gotcha. So take a little Sharpie and you can do just a little mark on it. So that way you can tell if the egg accidentally gets rolled or such, you could gotcha. just gently put it back. But, oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. And about how long are they um, in the egg? Oh, gosh. Uh, about like three to four months. Okay. All right. Usually. So a little bit longer than leopard geckos, but yes. not as bad as some of the other uh, things that we work with. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then out of the egg, what are we feeding them? And what are we feeding the adults? What's the, what's the, what are kind of the staples and treats that we can do uh, when yeah. we're keeping these guys? So out of the egg, uh, they're pretty small. And we offer them quarter inch crickets. We usually do like six to eight crickets. Um, we also uh, supplement them with calcium, Rapashi mm-hmm. Plus as well. 
Cool. And, you know, they stay on that for a while. And then as it's just kind of like, you know, play it by ear. Like as you see them growing, you're going to want to offer them larger prey items and Uh such. So after they're like maybe like four or five weeks old, you can start switching them over to like half inch and so on and so forth as they get older. Our adults eventually do eat like three quarters to one inch crickets. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. they can cool. handle pretty large prey. Cool, cool. Um, I know a lot of people will keep leopard geckos or beer dragons because they tend to be handleable lizards. Mm-hmm. How well do these guys handle some uh, handling? These guys are kind of a shy species. They really <clears throat> prefer not to be handled. You can handle them. Um, and I'm sure if you worked with them a lot and got them comfortable with you, you probably could. Uh-huh. They're not going to be as docile as a leopard gecko, though. Gotcha. Gotcha. They're a little cool. flighty. <laughs> yep. Now, tell me a little bit about what are some things that people misunderstand about these guys or, or get wrong in their care? And then, like, describe, like, would you consider this, like, a hard species, moderate species, or an easy species to take care of? I would say it kind of teeters between, like, moderate and easy. Like, okay. once you get everything set up and you're able to keep it consistent, they're very easy to care for. Uh, probably the hardest thing is humidity. A lot of mm-hmm. people struggle with it, especially keeping, you know, in like glass enclosures because yep. a lot of that humidity escapes through the mesh. Yeah. Um, but if you take some like vinyl or uh, plastic or something, you know, you could put over the top mm-hmm. of that, you know, leave enough for some airflow still, but yep. that can help retain the humidity we've had to do that here especially in the hotter seasons you know yep. it gets hot in those rooms and yep. you know evaporates and then i'm constantly battling being <laughs> like i just sprayed this why is this losing yep. humidity so uh, cool yeah cool cool now um these guys are really cool looking a little bit mm-hmm. more rare in our hobby something you're oh, not yeah. going to see um regularly so um making sure that they're set up right and and mm-hmm. actually investing in, in breeding these i think is a, is a good thing to do for yes. our hobby yeah yeah that's absolutely really cool. that's really cool all yeah. right Lori, thanks for educating us on these yeah. guys we're going to do a little lightning round which i know you've done before yeah so we'll see if your your answers have changed since the last time <laughs> So if money and space are no issue, what is the, the dream pet that you would have in your house? Um, I'm still a leaf tail fanatic. I, right. I love Europlatus species. Um, honestly, like Pokemon, you got to collect them all. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Besides Josh's frogs, what's another business that's doing really cool things? Who do you want to give a shout out to? Another breeder, yeah. somebody making a, a really cool product. Who would you like to shout out? I'd like to shout out Herp Time. Uh, Armin, you're yeah. awesome. I love your work. Keep doing what you do. I also want to say, um, keep it up, Josh Alder, who also, you know, does That's a cool. lot of like yep. fun reptile yep. stuff too. Yep. He's he's a really good person to get your animals from as well. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, first pet or first memorable pet that you had? Um, <laughs> I remember telling you I had a prairie <laughs> dog, and you were very shocked by that. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right in the the entire world what's your favorite animal or plant what's the coolest thing on our planet gosh my favorite animal ever is uh mostly like crocodilian species i'm a big like alligator and like caiman person i love them so much uh favorite plants i love philodendrons and monsteras those are just my favorite i just love the huge leaves i just want to like curl up and take a nap in them all right what did you want to be when you grew up um, I wanted to be like a special effects artist doing like monster makeup oh, cool. and such for things. Cool. 
I still kind of do that a little bit as just like a side hobby uh-huh. and such. That's cool. But yeah. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, you have an hour of free time. You can do anything. Nobody's bothering you. Nobody's asking anything of you. What, what are you doing in that hour of free time? I'm usually drawing. I'm an artist, so I like to just be creative and just do whatever. That's cool. Just, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Last question, probably the hardest one. Yeah, have everybody's ear. You can tell anybody anything. Once one piece of advice mm-hmm. or one thing you tell people just to remember to do or or remember to think. What would you What would you say? Yeah, you have the whole world listening to you. What's the advice or a reminder you're going to give people? Yeah. So, I just want to remind people just to uh, have patience with each other, mm. especially in the reptile hobby and the community. I see a lot of us get really angry and frustrated and rip each other apart. We're so quick to do that instead of just you know, helping people understand mm-hmm. how to care for these animals instead of, you know, immediately getting angry and judgmental. Like, that's not going to help solve the problem. Yep. The best thing you can do is be kind, offer advice, and encourage people to do better. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it's hard to remember that we were once young and clueless about yeah. the animals. I wasn't the best too. reptile keeper when I was nine, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Lori, for uh, giving us the lowdown on the cave geckos and educating on those yeah. uh, beautiful animals. If you guys uh, are interested in any more of the stuff that uh, Lori does, she has other podcasts mm-hmm. that she's done. Uh, she does some of the other videos that we release and mm-hmm. uh, even some writing for us um, as well. Mm-hmm. And then check out the cool animals that she works with um, yes. from leopard ge- or from uh, crested geckos to Chinese geckos to, to Chihuahua to, yeah. to all those kinds of things. So check those mm-hmm. out. So uh, yeah. without further ado, thank you for checking this out. And thank you, Lori, for, uh, for educating us of on course. these. Of course. Tim Bitts says thank you for letting us talk. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Have a good one, guys. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoy this content and want to stay up to date, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us across social media. We always want to bring you the best content, so let us know what you think in the comments. And for all your reptile and amphibian needs, be sure to check us out at joshesfrogs.com. We have an amazing selection. Until next time, stay curious, stay froggy, and keep exploring.